0: Pauline, give me some of your tots. I even blood of a hen. Little bit of blood. I ate his liver with some father beans. Nice viandi. Humble, pan fry, deep fry, stir fry. Yummy! Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of The Cooking Show. I am your host, Bob, and listen to this. You hear that? That's my voice. That's not... um, I don't have James Earl Jones' voice, you know? The one and only Bill Atlantic Yellow (laughs) Pages. Such a... (laughs) Okay, number one, terrible impression. I don't even know how to do a James Earl Jones' voice. Number two, uh, a wonderful, wonderful actor who has played numerous iconic characters. I mean, he was the voice of Darth Vader. He was in uh, Field of Dreams he was the the blind guy with the dog in the sandlot. And what's my go-to reference on him? Television commercial from the 90s for the phone book. That's <laughs> ridiculous. But anyway, my voice does not sound like James Earl Jones, even when I try to, number one. Number two, it does not sound like Bane from the Batman uh, movie. You know, the Batman villain. It's like, oh, I was born in the RSS feed. <laughs> Probably a terrible impression of vain also, which is just another testament to how my voice doesn't sound like that. Because I believe, I believe I am past, you know, I'm, I'm over the crest of the wave with the uh, seasonal allergies. And it was, they just went away one day. On, on Wednesday, we took the kids to Kennywood. And I knew I, knew I was going to have a good day that day because Kennywood's like, what is it, like McKeesport, like Edgewood, Swissvale, McKeesport area, something like that. I was like, there's no way that there's any pollen up there. I'm going to be fine. I had a great day. Clear. Eyes were clear. Nose was clear. Voice was fine. I felt fantastic. I probably only sneezed like 38 times in the whole day. I don't know. That's very low. But since Wednesday, nothing. I've been fine. I've been cured, which leads me to believe i think i've narrowed it down to i don't think it's wild grass but grasses, hay hay fields you know because i noticed that our hay fields around here are all uh kind of putting on the seed heads which means that the individual stocks have been fertilized which means the pollen cycle has run its front its course so uh, I should be good to go for the rest of the summer. I'm I'm loving it. I am appreciative of it because I do remember the agony that I was in half a week ago. But like with any ailment, I a couple days go by and I completely forget what it's like to feel bad. <laughs> so I go from like, oh, I'm dying here. I can barely breathe. I can't see, yada, 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 yada. To you know, next week it'll be like cattle. I have no idea what it's like not to feel incredible every single day. But for right now, I am appreciative, and uh, ooh, life's a lot better without that going on. Hey, um, so this episode I have kind of a fun one. So you know, I live on this little homestead down here, and we grow a lot of our food, produce a lot of our food. Um, yeah, you know, we have a, gardens, multiple gardens. Uh, We grow some grains this year. I'm growing oats and wheat, like a hard uh, spring wheat. Uh, We have a a fledgling orchard. You know, the orchard is a constant source of frustration. Last year, the goats ripped bark (laughs) off of um, several trees, which kills them. So we had to plant some new ones, yada, yada, yada. We have the, the orchards, we have livestock, we have all that kind of stuff. So we are just kind of getting into... Uh, the season of actually pulling things out of the garden as, a, as opposed to just always putting things in. And, you know, in addition to things like lettuce and arugula and uh, chard, you have uh, radishes, 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 uh, radishes are, mm, are, you know, it's one of those, it's one of those vegetables. That is what it is. I I would challenge you to find A single human being, not, don't even, not even asking what is your favorite food, but what is your favorite vegetable? And nobody's going to say a radish, right? I mean, radishes, I mean, that's not a knock against radishes. There's nothing wrong with radishes. Everything doesn't have to be the best of something. You know what I mean? And I'm sure that you can find some micronutrient or phytonutrient or something like that that is very high, con- highly concentrated in radishes. and be like, oh, you know, uh, radishes are actually a really good source of dietary molybdenum. And it's like, well, okay, but mm, wh- <laughs> okay, whatever. But that said, radishes—they do have their—they uh, have—they have some strengths going for them. One is, you know, the the flavor profile is fairly unique. It's a it's a spicy flavor, obviously, uh, but it's paired with like a cool, fresh, you know, a watery, crunchy type of texture. Um, It's kind of like the uh, the the menthol or the eucalyptus of the root vegetables. Uh, Additionally. You know, when you eat a radish, you feel like you've done a good thing. <laughs> In fact, one one cultivar of radish is called uh, French breakfast, which, um, you know, French and Germans both will uh, snack on radishes. Um, not so much as a breakfast food. I'm not sure what the etymology is of it calling it French breakfast. It almost feels like a sarcastic dig. you know like uh, the French people they have a they have a black coffee, a cigarette, three radishes, and they walk 17 miles to get baguette, you know that's why they stay so thin. Um, but you know, a, a nice mild flavored radish, like the French breakfast, Oh, smeared with some, some good cultured butter and some large grain salt, sea salt, kosher salt, whatever, is a delightful snack. Uh, that is definitely something. In the past, I have pickled radishes at a lacto-fermentation like um, like sauerkraut, but you pickle them, they soften up, they get real spicy, super sour, uh, delicious, peppery, water, bleh, bleh, wonderful. And I use those almost exclusively in martinis. A martini, a gin martini, a dry gin martini with just a punch in the mouth. Pickled radish is uh, it's not a great first drink of the evening, but it is a killer third drink of the evening. You know, you, you, you kick back a couple of Manhattans, and then you switch to the pickled radish martinis. And um, let me tell you what, it's high class. Pinkies up when you drink that one. But we're not making pickled radishes. We're not eating fresh radishes with butter and salt. No. This week, we are making roasted radish soup, okay? Because I think for some reason... People tend to sleep on the fact that you can cook radishes, you know, they don't just have to be eaten fresh, sliced paper thin, or eaten like an apple, you can roast them and it will change the, the flavor and the composition, not the composition, the, um, the texture, the flavor, the whole experience of the radish. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to convey a piece of information that I haven't. I haven't fact-checked. This is one of those things that I heard, I don't know, 15 years ago, and it sounded truthy enough. And I just sort of adopted it as like, yeah, this is a true fact. But in, in fact, it may be a factoid, which is not a fact at all. It was a, it was a sleeper lie. I don't know. What, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. the The flavor profile of the radish, the uh, that that spicy, astringent, sort of forward, peppery flavor, is a product. Oh, so so think about the the bulb of the radish. Normally, the red on the outside, red, rose cued, whatever. Sometimes they'll be they'll be variegated like red and white or flecked with white or the shades of pink or whatever. But in general, you have the outside of the radishes is, is red or it's a ruddy color in general. It's in the ruddy family. And then the interior of the radish is white or pink or again, flecked with red and pink or whatever. But it's basically this two-tone thing, red on the outside, white on the inside. And there are, compounds flavor compounds in both of those distinct layers of the radish the interior and the exterior and uh think about it like a b epoxy you know uh that's the gooey stuff that comes in the syringe where individually it's just a gooey mess that smells like jet fuel but when you mix them together a chemical reaction occurs, and it can uh, cure and set into a super hard resin for binding things together, for making a block of whatever. I don't know. I mean, you use A-B epoxy to to glue things. It's, it's, it is like super glue, but it takes like 24 hours to, to harden up. The radish is sort of like that. You have compounds in the skin of the bulb and you have compounds in the center and when you masticate them when you chew them up and swish them around with the saliva of your mouth it combines them and they react and they change flavor and aroma and they are effervescent with this (laughs) they're not actually effervescent Um, they're not bubbly or carbonated but they they emit this peppery flavor that um is it's unique it is a sensation um, but I wouldn't call it a compelling sensation. You know, some foods are compelling. Even if you don't necessarily like the flavor or the texture, there's something about it that brings you back for more. For not not for me, but a good uh, example of this, I think is walnuts. You know, plain walnuts, unsalted walnuts has texture like rotted lumber and flavor of mm, used tea bags, perhaps. And yet, the combination, the, the texture, the flavor. I suppose that there are some signaling apparatuses, apparati, No, it would be apparatuses. Oh God! Since I said it, I have to, I have to, I have to go on a tangent here. So, regardless of what mother tongue a, a word originates in, you know, if it's if it's Latin or Greek or whatever. There are linguistic conventions that go along with those languages, but once they are adopted into the English language, then you apply English language conventions to the word. The canonical example of this is the word octopus. You know, some people would be like octopus. Well, what if you have two of them? Are they called octopi? And it sounds it sounds smart, like oh octopus, octopi. Like I, like I know Latin. Well, except octopus isn't a Latin word. It's not derived from a Latin word. It's a Greek word. Octo meaning eight and podes or podes meaning foot. So octopodes would be the pluralized Greek version of octopus. Octopodes, eight-footed, right? But once it becomes uh, an English word, Once it's subsumed into the English language, then you apply English language conventions to it. English language conventions say that when a word ends with uh, US as a singular word, then the plural form of the word becomes octopuses. So, octopuses, even though it doesn't sound as uh, smartsy as octopi, certainly doesn't sound as cool as octopodes but that is the English way of pluralizing, octopuses. So, what the heck was I talking about? Apparatus. Apparatuses. Oh, boy, I, I've completely lost the thread there. But anyway, we're making a roasted radish soup. And radishes, oh, yeah, also uh, super convenient in the garden because uh, depending on precipitation, pretending, on, or and not pretending, Depending on precipitation, depending on sunlight, depending on soil quality, ambient air temperature, you can expect to harvest a radish, also depending on the cultivar, within 21 to 35 days, right? So three to four weeks, holy cow, that is a vegetable built for my attention span. You, and and they're easy to grow. You just throw the seeds on the ground, you will grow radishes, I promise. It is the ideal vegetable for a child to grow, because the turnaround time is quick. But the thing that you harvest is a radish, and you know, you can probably get a kid to choke it down because he's proud that he grew the radish, but good luck making that his favorite snack. Um, But anyway, so radishes, pulled them out of the garden, we're going to roast those in the oven, and then we're going to turn them into a delicious, creamy soup, which, you know, it's like 86 degrees this week, maybe a hot cream soup isn't the most, uh, most appropriate meal, but when taken in the context of the rest of the food that we had this evening, um, it definitely does work. And we're not going to get into the whole thing. But I mean, a roasted beet salad with arugula and chard and, and bib lettuce with a little bit of goat chev, nice cheese in a, in a balsamic reduction. Re- reduce the balsamic vinegar so that it's nice and syrupy and drizzle that over the top. That was fantastic. That tasted like saba. And then um, uh, what else do we do? Yeah, I baked a loaf of bread. So, hey, pro tip. Pro tip, if you have your uh, your favorite like Tuscan bread recipe for the dough and whatnot, when you make that dough, throw a cup of salted sunflower seeds into it and let the bread hook, knead that into the dough, and it will turn a delicious rustic bread into an even more delicious, more rustic bread because it's got seeds in it, baby, right? So we did the... Tuscan bread with some little shaved flakes of prosciutto and uh, some butter and it was really good and then um, of course the, the roasted radish soup and then I threw a couple Cornish hens in the oven because I was like we need some protein here anyway uh roasted radish soup mm, let's start I used four potatoes and I went like a yellow potato not something like super dry and starts you don't want to use a uh, a russet potato or something like that. You can get like a yellow flesh potato. A wax potato would be fine, but not necessary. Uh, cube those up, quarter not quarter, half inch to one inch cubes. Oh, also I forgot. We're doing the podcast here. Uh, check the show notes. Image your album for step by step photographs. We'll have links to uh, special ingredients and special equipment. Spoiler alert: there are none for this episode. This is super easy. You just went out in the yard and pulled radishes out of the ground super super duper simple and then also the plain text recipe for this radish soup will be in there so whenever yeah, i'm just talking I'm like hey you need some potatoes and you cut them up and you do this and yada yada. you're like how many potatoes one 700 i don't know just check the show notes it's in plain text there okay okay back to back to cooking uh so we have our potatoes we we dice those up into like half inch cubes throw them in a pot with chicken stock chicken stock to cover and then bring that up to a simmer like if you bring that up to a a vigorous boil a couple things are going to happen one um, that chicken stock is going to uh, disappear very quickly it will disappear faster than plain water would because the chicken stock is not 100% water It is some percentage stuff that isn't water. The water will disappear. The stuff that isn't water will remain. And you'll have a very concentrated, starchy, uh, gluey kind of liquid. And it won't be great. So what you want to do is you just want to simmer. Simmer, gentle simmer. And then you can do it for a long time. OK, because you can do it while you're doing all the other things. And when you come back, you're like, oh, I didn't actually time this. But you can be like, oh, I totally did it long enough. It'll be fine. OK, so simmer those potatoes in the chicken stock. Hit hit it with some black pepper. You know, you can salt it also. We want to uh, salt things at every level so that when it comes together at the end, it's like you just tweak the seasoning as opposed to like, you know, I have to put all the flavor into this now. You don't want to do that. All right, so get those potatoes simmering in the chicken stock on the stovetop. Preheat your oven to 450 degrees. We're going to blast it. We used the, the, the high heat for everything from roasting the beets so that it would separate the skin of the beetroot from the flesh of the beet so that it was easy to peel. Uh, we also roasted our Cornish hens in the Dutch oven in the oven a dutch oven inside and hey yo dog i heard you like oven so we put a we put a tiny little chicken in a dutch oven and put that dutch oven in your oven so that you can dutch oven in your oven while you oven your dutch oven anyway uh what the heck uh, what am i doing here i am i'm going down i'm do, i'm going down country roads that i don't know where they lead uh <laughs> all right so what do we do we did the beets in the oven we did the cornish ends in the oven but the point of this is to roast the radishes in the oven cut the greens off the radish cut the little taproot off of the radish wash them up real nice throw them in a up you could do them in a, in a like a corningware dish like a casserole I put them in a small cast iron pan drizzle them with a, a little olive oil hit them with some salt into the oven for 30 to 40 minutes they will get kind of wrinkly and roasty and they won't shrivel up like raisins but they will they will aspire to raisinhood. okay they'll definitely get soft and uh, uh maybe get a l- little bit of not char but a little bit of color on the outside when they're done uh, and like i said 40 minutes pull those out let those rest on the counter while you put other things together if you're making the roasted beet salad if you're uh, having a big bowl of cereal with it, whatever you're doing, let those cool down. They don't have to cool down to room temperature, but you wanna cool them down considerably, much further than where they're coming out of a 450 degree oven, okay? Around that time, if your potatoes have been simmering this whole time, probably probably 45 to 50 minutes at this time because you got those started and then you went and cleaned and prepped your radishes and threw them in the oven and yada, 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 uh, cut the heat on those and let those sit. And then you get a little respite, you know, uh, 20 minutes, 20 minutes should be fine. They'll, they'll lose a lot of heat, but they'll still be warm at that point. And then what we need to do is we need to puree all these root vegetables. I, I just, I did, re- I just realized that this was a, a an entire meal focused around root, root vegetables. We had potatoes, we had radishes and we had beets. If I had carrots and turnips and parsnips and rutabagas, holy moly, it would be be a a meal fit for a hobbit. But it is not. We just have the three. Uh, So let those rest 20 minutes. They'll cool down so that they're workable. Then what we're going to do is we're going to dump all those potatoes and that chicken stock into a blender. Blender, blender, blender. the, The bigger, biggest, baddest blender you can get. I'm using a Vitamix. It's wonderful. Throw them in there put the uh, roasted radishes on top and blend that until smooth that will get pretty smooth but it'll also be pretty thick it'll be pretty thick and a little gluey because there's a lot of starch in there there is a lot of potato Um, even though we just simmered at a reasonable uh, heat the chicken stock would have definitely reduced it would have been absorbed by the potato there's a lot of starch there's all that yada 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 you will have the consistency of very soft mashed potatoes at this point, which is not really what we're going for. So add to that between one and two cups of fresh chicken stock and blend that up. That will get you a nice, thick, liquidy soup consistency. Okay, And then pour that back into a pot. I just put it back into the, the pan that I had simmered the potatoes in to begin with, put it in there, add one and a half cups of heavy cream. I know I'm giving specific measurements here. Add some heavy cream, whatever. (laughs) Add Add the cream, turn the heat up to medium, okay? We wanna slowly and gently warm the soup back up to the service temperature. We don't wanna heat it up too quickly because one, this is gonna be a fairly thick soup. And if it starts to boil, it's actually gonna be like... um. To those uh those boiling mud pits in like yellowstone where it's just clay mud slapping out of the out of the bubbles and that'll go up and it'll hit your exhaust hood it'll splash all over your stove top whatever you don't want to do that so if you if you, you raise that temperature gently it'll just a nice a nice uh temperature curve going up and it'll turn out wonderful also you got to be careful whenever you're using uh cream based soups with temperature control if you increase the temperature too high you boil it too vigorously or whatever you can break the fat out of the cream and it will break emulsion with the rest of the stuff and then you'll just have like a gritty sort of um gross textured thing and you don't want that to happen now the next part of this is mostly um a garnish but let me tell you what it was so good it was ridiculously good it was real. it was a compelling flavor it was a compulsive uh not compulsive but you wanted to eat more of it compulsively so yes it was compelling flavor and texture and what it is is you want to um slice leeks as thinly as possible and then uh, cook those in a cast iron pan, stay in the steel pan with a little bit of olive oil on medium to medium high temperature, as if you were trying to caramelize onions, but the leeks have a different structure to them than onions do, and they don't necessarily caramelize so much as they turn into crispy, brown, crunchy onion things. And holy moly, they're good, salt those, salt those at the end once they're all like brown and crunchy and delicious okay now back to our soup we do need to season this a little bit more you want to taste it mm. you'd be like oh i thought i put a bunch of salt in this at every level and it's like yeah but you also added fresh chicken stock at the end and that wasn't salted you added heavy cream to this that wasn't salted so you're going to be a little light on salt so you're going to want to salt this pepper you can use some granulated garlic we want to keep the flavors really simple the radishes will have gotten considerably sweeter during the roasting than what they started off as. They're definitely not gonna be that cold, watery, peppery flavor or anything like that. The potatoes, very mild and delicious. There's cream in there, Uh, you know, yeah. So garlic, salt, pepper, easy breezy, beautiful. Um, Once that is, you know, heated up, you stir it around a little bit, make sure it has a a nice consistency, a nice color, whatever. Whenever your leeks are golden brown and crunchy and delicious, they will be good. Kill the heat on those. You don't want those to be searing hot because, honestly, it's easiest just to, to garnish these bowls with your fingers. But you can use a spoon or a small tongs or something like that. Additionally, if you'd like, if you have a mandolin and you want to, you know, roll the dice on cutting off half of your thumb, as thinly as possible at the thinnest setting, shave uh, a couple radishes Um, into nice little paper thin wafers and those can go into the garnish as well uh to serve this a ladle full one and a half you don't want to fill the bowl up this is a very rich soup you kind of want to keep it a small portion a ladle and a half into a bowl you can very gently lay those crispy leeks down in the middle so they kind of float on top Um, yeah throw in one of those uh, fresh wafers of radish. And then I grabbed a couple blossoms, uh, pan, little miniature pansy blossoms, edible flower, and put those on there as well. And that was, that was, it was beautiful. It was delicious. And it was really nice. I, I enjoyed it immensely. Um, so yeah, radishes look super easy to grow, super quick to grow, easy to harvest, uh, kind of foolproof, uh, but, you know, you, when you win on some fronts, you lose on some others. And the loser part is that um, radishes are not going to be anybody's favorite vegetable. And that's okay because everything doesn't have to be the best. <laughs> but let me tell you what, roasting them in the oven whew, transforms them Uh Hundred percent, and then making a nice creamy soup with this, and then you you give somebody the soup, and they're like, "Ooh, this is a very sophisticated flavor, a very smooth creamy soup." Is it a is it a potato soup? And you're like, "Yes, there are potatoes in it, but there is another there is another root. Can you guess?" And they're like, "Is it a parsnip?" And you're like, "No, it is not a parsnip." And they're like, "Is it a turnip?" And you're like, "No, it is not a turnip." And they're like, "Well." By George, what is it? And you say, it's radish. And they say, radish. And you say, indeed. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you're a cheeky bastard, aren't you? <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. Five minutes of making radish soup, 15 minutes about oct- octopuses. And uh, 37 hours of nonsense. But there it is. Roasted radish soup. It's creamy. It's delicious. It's fantastic. It is the way of consuming radishes if there's no gin involved. Talk to you guys next week.